0: As a strong, independent mother, there is nothing that will get in the way of your child's safety. Soberlink understands the importance of peace of mind when it comes to co-parenting after a divorce. Using the highest quality technology and with features like facial recognition and real-time results, moms like you are empowered with proof that your child is safe. Navigating life post-divorce can be difficult, and having a tool like Soberlink allows for one less thing to stress about. I created this community to provide support for divorced moms like me, which is why I partnered with Soberlink to create this resource Tips for Single Moms Returning to Work. To access the guide, visit www.soberlink.com forward slash MMO. This week on Moms Moving On.
1: Michelle, as kids, we all need to be heard and seen and validated. We're moms and we know how much attention our kids need. And the more you give them, the more you want. But not most people didn't have a perfect childhood. Most of us, despite of either growing up with wealth or a lot of positive experience, a lot of us did not feel heard, seen, validated. Mm -hmm. And so when that happens, you subconsciously internalize negative beliefs about ourselves.
0: Life moves on, so why shouldn't we? This is Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, your host of Moms Moving On, navigating divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood, and moving on. Hi everybody, welcome back to another Mom's Moving On. I'm your host Michelle and I'm very happy to have Karen Millen with us back again today. She is a certified professional coach. She's the author of an amazing divorce and she is the podcast host to her podcast, The Healing Podcast. You might know her from Instagram because I share her often. But now without further ado, we'll let Karen take the floor. Karen, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much, Michelle.
1: Such an honor.
0: I love chatting with you because we chat about things on a much deeper level and you have, I, you and I have connected in the past uh, on the importance of healing your inner child and doing what you need to do to make yourself feel ready for the second part of your life after divorce and whatever that means in terms of feeling ready. A lot of us have to go back in time to sort of look at what led us to this place in the first place. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself for our listeners that are just meeting you and the work that you do?
1: Thank you, sweetie. Yes, like many of us, I'm divorced. I was uh, unhappily married for 17 years, uh, feeling very stuck, feeling that I could be doing better. I could be feeling better, but afraid of getting divorced. I mean, it was uh, having a focus on healing, focus on going to therapy, a focus on understanding what I was lacking, why I married this person, why I stayed with this person for 17 years, why I was staying without love, without passion, without feeling heard, without feeling seen, without feeling understood. And I think it was all that working therapy that gave me the courage to leave. And it was right after my separation Basically, a week after that, I underwent a therapy called EMDR therapy twice a week, like hardcore, uh, as you were going through all the pain of divorce and the loss. And, and that was a catalyst for really focusing on myself and what needed healing and what I needed to heal and get better with. And it led to having an amazing divorce. Uh, where I wasn't stuck on the victim stage of he's such an asshole and he did this and he's a narcissist or any of that. It was like me, me, me. No one forced me to marry him. No one forced me to stay. No one forced me to put up with that. So that focus on healing led to an amazing divorce, wrote a book, um, then became a coach helping a lot of people around me, mainly friends and family and referrals, to help them through their healing journey. And uh, that led to The Healing Podcast. Uh, Super excited uh, to be on a mission to inspire you to heal, inspire you to dig deep and uncover those wounds and heal them and reprocess them so that you can, like you said, Michelle, start the next phase of your life running and then became a certified coach so that I can take the coaching to the next level and help more people. So that's a bit of- I love that.
0: You are the epitome of doing the work. I mean, there's so much that needs to be done that we sometimes, and I know from personal experience, having jumped from relationship to relationship when I was younger, not wanting to deal with all the stuff inside and and looking for external emotional support that always fell flat on its face. You know, at, at a certain point, usually after a divorce, you realize, okay, this is, this is it. Like, I can't keep making this these mistakes anymore. But for people who don't really know much about EMDR therapy, can you talk about it and its benefits and how it particularly shaped you?
1: Yes. So, Michelle, as kids, we all need to be heard and seen and validated. We're moms and we know how much attention our kids need. And the more you give them, the more you want. But not most people didn't have a perfect childhood. Most of us, despite of either growing up with wealth or a lot of positive experience, a lot of us did not feel heard, seen, validated. Mm -hmm. And so when that happens, you subconsciously internalize negative beliefs about ourselves, that we're not worthy, that we're not lovable, that we're not special or that we need to work really really hard to be seen and heard and this can happen through our parents through them working too much and and you know if we're kids of you know most most of us had either immigrant parents or workaholic parents, or I have clients who had a mom who stayed home, but was very busy playing golf every morning at 7 p.m. And they had to get their lunch ready and go to school by themselves at 8. So things like that happened. And we are also bred for survival. And we're also incredibly adaptable mm-hmm. and also masters at repression something that Freud said. So as we grow up, we become tough, right? And we were like, look what we've done. You know, we survived this for survivors. So true. And we're strong and we went to school and look how much we're achieving. And so we, we sort of rationalize, we either store that and hide it. And every time it comes out, we drink or we overeat or we put a mask on or some people carry it and say, yeah, you know, my dad, My dad was sick and I know I shared that on the first episode and he wasn't around much and he actually doesn't remember my childhood. So I remember sharing that with my ex and everyone's like, yeah, my dad wasn't around. I don't have a lot of memories with him, but you never feel it. You never really feel that loss, feel that pain. And we move on and we start dating and we marry people that make us feel, and I know you talk about this a lot, you know, repeat that cycle and it feels home, it feels normal not to be heard or seen. Or if we grew up with a dad who yelled at our mothers and we heard abuse, it's super normal for us to get abuse and be like, well, that's life. Right. So what happens is that we get married and we repeat the cycles, whatever that is. And it could be as small as things I face with not being heard or respected because I never was as a child up to all kinds of abuse, right? Physical, sexual, all that. And so we can talk about it in therapy and it's really helpful to process and to express and to gain awareness, but unless you feel at a deep level and sadly unless we cry and like feel that pain, it's really hard for us to heal it and break free of it. So what EMDR does, as well as hypnosis and other modalities out there, is that it helps you feel it so that you can heal it. Mm -hmm. So in coaching, we look at these thoughts and these negative beliefs. So if, if you just came out of a divorce and you feel guilty that it was your fault, and I have a lot of clients who start the session, it was all my fault. Yeah. He told me he wasn't happy. He told me I wasn't having enough sex. He told me this. He left me. He cheated on me. It's my fault. He blames me, all that. So that's, that's a situation is that he left and he told you this. What's your thought? That is my fault, right? And if you think it's your fault, how, how are you going to feel mm-hmm. ashamed and sad? And if you feel that way, what do you do? I don't want to fight. I give up all my rights. I, you know, whatever. So if you look at it's your fault and you try to understand it, why is it your fault? Oh, cause I was having sex every six months. And I was, you know, I let go and I, you know, I started gaining weight and all whatever she felt it was her thought, her fault. Well, what else could be true? We grew apart. We, we became different people, you know, but, but when you can change that thought to be like, you know what, it wasn't my, thought, my fault and feel good about that. And next session, you're like not bringing it up. It's not my fault. That could be solved with coaching, right? So thought reprocessing. But when you keep coming back and it's my fault and it is my fault. And, and what, when was the last time you felt this way? And she was the younger kid of a brother who blamed everything on her and it was always her fault and her or the eldest daughter who was always blamed for everything that went wrong grew mm-hmm. up with this notion that it is my fault. And with, you know, that's one example. It could be he fell out of love with me. I'm not attractive. I'm not lovable. I'm not worthy of love. And all those thoughts as a coach, I try to get to understand where it's coming from and how true uh, how true is it? And try to get you to adopt a new thought, and that's what you do with cognitive behavioral therapy. But when that doesn't work, and you still feel unworthy, and you go on a date, and you're you're stressed, and you have anxiety, and I'm not attractive enough, I'm not cute enough, I'm not smart enough, you go to EMDR, and what happens is that we keep all this rational thinking in our in our frontal cortex, like we're strong, we're survivors. And what EMDR does is is called uh, eye movement, desensitization and reprocessing. And it bilaterally stimulates you side to side, either by, if you're doing it on a Zoom, you're looking side to side, or you're hugging yourself in a butterfly and you're tapping yourself side to side. Or the way I did it, they have a machine that that you put uh, underneath your knees and it sort of vibrates from side to side. And for some reason, 30 years ago, this was developed by someone called that Dr. Uh, Francine Shapiro and it's been studied and validated to work and somehow it allows you to access the emotional side of your brain. And it allows you to remember how sad it felt to be neglected, how sad it felt to see your dad come home from work and not play with you. Hi, how, how sad. How sad it, it felt for me. I had also an older brother that bullied me on a daily basis. And I would have the therapy, Michelle, and go back to feeling like, oh, my God. And he used to hit me in the head and call me that, call me ugly on a daily basis and take my breakfast and take my food or the remote. And it allows you to feel that anger and that sadness to cry it out. And then the reprocessing part is the therapist takes you through another step where it's like, okay, Karen, you let it out. You felt the angry. Where do you feel it in your body? In my chest, in my ovaries, in my arm, in my back. We do breathing exercises. You let it go. And then then you're like, okay, now it's loving the reparenting the inner child, which other therapists call it like that. It's like, okay, you're 45 now. What would you like to tell that little girl? You know, and I'd say something like, it wasn't your fault. Your parents had to work a lot. Your mother had to overwork. She was worried your dad was going to be out of a job. And you start talking to yourself, you reprocess it. You, What would you do to that eight-year-old? I would hold her tight. I would stay with her. I would protect her. I would tell her how beautiful she is. And it was super emotional because I have a, a seven year old now, you know, and I see that and I visualize it loving this little Karen. And you come to the understanding that you're not eight anymore and that you are strong and that you will survive. And you get this deep, deep understanding and appreciation that you are worthy of being heard. You are worthy of being loved. And that's what happens. And it happens, you know, I did it for about a year at first twice a week, and then it went to once a week. Every single negative belief that I had about myself, every single abnormal or behavior that I had that I was no no longer serving me, for example, uh, could be as minor as I used to be the clown of any party and I would throw you under the bus for a joke and I and he, I got an intervention like 10 years ago. I was like, hey, buddy, I told you my ex, you know, my ex had was oversized or something, and you threw a joke and you drink and you know it wasn't cool. And I did an EMDR on that. And I'm like, why do I do that? You know, why do I do that? And it came up on my therapy that I was placed in a private school in Colombia, in Barranquilla, where everyone had more money than I did. Everyone was prettier, everyone was smarter, and I became the clown. And I felt through the EMDR how sad it was to be me and how difficult that was for me to to go to that school. And I cried it, I healed it. And I'm like, Michelle, you're changed. Like when Mm -hmm. you feel worthy, you're worthy. Like you go from like putting up with all kinds of shit and like to be like, and I'm out of here. And he's like, holy cow, like you don't recognize yourself. It is so amazing. With that joking, 10 years ago, people that know me for 20 years, and are at a party or a reunion and they're waiting for me to throw that joke or waiting for me to throw them under the bus they're like what's going on i forgot about that whole part of me and like you're not saying anything and or my sister you know says a dirty joke and i'm like my god and i'm like that i learned that from corona i am like because you you reprocess and you let it go for good but sadly you have to feel it and you have to go through that sort of painful exercise to do it. And what I always talk about is like a short-term pain for long-term gain because you are fixed. It's not like, you know, it, it comes back or. So that's, that's my mission. Now you could do that with hypnosis as well. And that's really hard. It's, it's, it's funny because what, what I do is that I always recommend coaching to look at your thoughts and reprocess them and analyze them. And if that's not working, EMDR. And if that's not working, because for EMDR, you also have to remember what happened to you.
0: I have a question about it though. Like for me, the EMDR is done by the therapist that already like is working, helping you work through your stuff with you, or it's like a totally separate person. And then you go back to your therapist and you process it all. Good
1: question. You could do both.
0: I mean, because all it, I'm thinking is if I'm going to relive this shit, my therapist better be in the next room to like coddle me when I'm done.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, you are working with a therapist who is certified EMDR. In, okay. I, got it. I highly recommend it to go to a certified EMDR ther- uh, therapist. And there's three levels of certification. The only people that I use and refer my clients to are third level certified, because a lot of people say they do EMDR, but they're, it, it, takes, it takes a lot of practice and a lot of courage to do it, you know, because you have to hold space for your client to cry and right. deal with it all. Um, so my therapist was my therapist and my EMDR therapist, and you process it all with them. Part of the being there to be cuddled is the reprocessing. So yeah, you would have to switch sort of therapist and work with one, or you can have both. I mean, God, if, if, if I always recommend, if anybody can afford it, I'd have all kinds, I'd have a coach, I'll have a therapist. And I know that I had you on my podcast. You were saying that I have the one for this, the one for that. I do. You listen for me.
0: I mean, I avoided it for so long. And I think this is like my obsession with therapy now is I feel like it's the gift I am giving to my inner child who also wasn't heard or whose emotions weren't validated or, you know, who went through so much without having an outlet to heal or to express. And it's sort of like my proverbial, like, fuck you to my past, but also the love I show to my inner child a couple of times a week, whether it's therapy for myself, therapy for my daughter, because I'm giving that to her. I know she needs it. And I never want her to feel the way I felt when I was younger. And, you know, I therapy for my body, like all of the therapy that I do is it's like, I'm catching up on all, all the therapy I needed when I was younger. So I don't know if you know yet, but I went ahead and did a thing. I wrote myself a little book and it's going to be available to all of you in January of 2022. That's just a few months away and I am so excited for you to be able to get your hands on it. It's called Moms Moving On, Real Life Advice on Conquering Divorce, Co-Parenting Through Conflict and Becoming Your Best Self. Now I bet you're wondering what it's all about. That's a great question. It's pretty much like a what to expect when you're getting divorced, a how-to guide for moms, if you will. Here's what the professionals say, Moms Moving On is filled with practical, actionable, and empowering advice from someone who has been through it and has come out the other side. Through Michelle's guidance, you'll learn how to navigate your divorce with confidence, adjust to life as a single mother, and shift your perspective to find your way back to your best self. From co-parenting to dating as a single mother, you'll learn how to truly move on and create the life you deserve. Yes, you will, ladies. Check it out now on my website, momsmovingon.com and you can pre-order it so you can be the first to get your hands on it. To anybody listening who's coming to this realization of how weird the world is and how strange and fascinating at the same time our brains are, that whatever we didn't heal from our past, we end up with in a relationship. It's it's, it's wild to me and I study it so much. I'm really big on studying trauma and resilience, as you know, and you don't realize it until you're in a situation like marriage or in a really unhealthy emotional partnership. And you're like, wow. And when you're able to step outside of that and say, I was in this relationship because of the lack of relationship I had with my father or because I experienced abuse as a child you're able to sort of step outside of that bubble you've put yourself in like divorced damaged woman it's like divorced woman who now knows better and can work past this and never deal with it again And so I think that's where you know we can tie this up full circle is whether it's EMDR or CBT or just crying on a, on a therapist's couch every week whatever you're doing to, release it is only going to serve you in the future.
1: And that's a really good point because it's feeling it. So if you have a therapist who allows you to and guides you to cry and feel it, and you come out of that session feeling like, oh my God, like, this is why I do this. Mm -hmm. This is where it came from. And I don't feel that again. And you feel that shift where you're changing your behavior. You might not need an EMDR. EMDR is really when you are having a hard time feeling it, which a lot this EMDR is fabulous for men because like you need that therapy EMDR can be done without talking a lot too because the stimulation allows you to remember things to feel it you don't even have to talk about it and you're healing it but it's versatile
0: yeah and and I you know, for anyone who's listening that thinks that maybe this is too heavy for them, you don't have to jump right into EMDR if you're not ready to, but you do have to address your things, right? Like maybe you did nothing wrong in your marriage or you, you didn't play a part in why it ended, but you also played a part in your marriage. So it's so great to take a look backwards. You know, people say, don't look back, but I feel like we have to, to be able to connect the dots and recognize our patterns and see how far we've come. And so if that's where you need to start, that's where you need to start. Look back at your relationships since puberty. How did they mimic each other? You know, I used to say, I didn't have a type. I went out with, you know, the big hot football player. And then I went out with like the nerdy numbers guy. And then I went out with, you know, I, none of the guys I dated looked alike, but they were all the same inside. And I attracted that time after time after time because I was trying to fill something. And, and it was that kind of toxicity felt familiar to me. So you're able to connect the dots looking backwards. And I think it's really important that people start with that.
1: And that's the keys is asking yourself, when did I feel this way before? when i when did i feel this way last and when did i first feel this way right that feeling of anxiety that feeling of not being heard or that feeling mm-hmm. of being yelled you know, at or or not feeling worthy so the other the other thing is that for emdr to work michelle you do have to rem- you do have to have memories to work on but sometimes i've had clients where i do ask them like where do you think this comes from? And they're like, I don't know. I had the perfect mom. I had the perfect dad. I hear that a lot. Everything was fine in my childhood. Well, great, but this came from somewhere. Yeah, right. And so then we keep digging deeper and sometimes everything's right, but they keep feeling in the way they married that person because they don't feel worthy. They they felt this sense of anxiety and we couldn't get at it. And they tried EMDR. And that's where hypnosis comes to play because hypnosis and other therapies like psychedelics are for um, going for the nonverbal stage because a lot of trauma does happen from the baby stage to five Mm -hmm. years old and we forget what happened. But trauma has its biggest imprint at birth and in those early years. So if you grew up in the middle of fighting and in the middle, one great book for this, you would love it because I love, I know you love drama is uh, is What Happened to Us by Dr. Perry and Oprah. You know, um, I love trauma. <laughs> <laughs> I love like- healing my trauma. Yes, what happened yeah. to us? Uh, yes, yeah, so I've had, I'll send you a list of really good books on trauma, like The Body Keeps the Score. But what this book has new research to show that, Trauma has its biggest imprint at birth in that first two years of a baby's life. And that's stuff that we don't know. So I had a client, Michelle, and it was like, I get goosebumps just hearing the story that we couldn't assess where this sense of I'm not worthy, I'm not lovable, I'm not good enough when she was gorgeous and had a perfect childhood. And so she did hypnosis and she found out through hypnosis that her mom suffered postnatal depression, which is super common and mm-hmm. didn't want her and would let her cry for hours and not cuddle her and not hold her. And that's super important for a baby to be helped the minute they're crying in that first six months. Right. right. Because it gives them that sense of "you're we I love you, you're safe, you're secure. Mommy's here. But if that doesn't happen to you, you feel like you're not worthy. You're not good enough. You can't trust the environment because you're not held. And then she heard a lot of yelling and screaming because the father was very unimpressed and didn't know the mother had a condition of postnatal depression. So they were fighting a lot. So she had that session and went to her dad and said, dad, is this true? Like, did my mom had postnatal depression? She goes, yeah, she did. And I was going to divorce her. I was so unimpressed. You were her first baby girl. She didn't want you. I didn't know what to do. She got diagnosed three months. So her first three months of her life were horrible.
0: So sad.
1: She asked her mom, she said, yes, but you were a baby. I I got healed. I had meds. And I never told you because I became a great mom. That injury, that wound was carrying her in her 20s. She's like a 32-year-old woman. Woman who feels unworthy she's putting makeup and hair extensions and Botox and and this sense of like I'm not good enough and I'm like look at you right
0: yeah
1: and you're the wrong person and it was like so it's really scary because sometimes you were gonna find out things that you don't know happen to you I did hypnosis this year and it was very scary and it was hard I had to book a session like two days after because I was like all activated. Wow. <laughs> so I, you know, you have to be ready for that and you got to set out time for that and put the kids away. You know, it's, it's heavy stuff, but you, but it heals you. Yeah. And wow. Do psychedelics. That is for the brave only. Oh my God.
0: I- no. You know, I was just having this conversation at soccer practice with some of the other parents. No, we don't sit there and do psychedelics. We were talking about a, a show that maybe you watched nine perfect strangers no. on HBO. Oh, okay. So they all go to this like healing facility where psychedelics are like what they use to heal and to let go and to open up. And, um, someone at practice was saying, oh, this is going to become the new thing. Like in another couple of years, we're all going to be taking psychedelics. And I was like, I don't know about that. because for a lady to- with
1: anxiety, like me, have you done it? I haven't, and I don't think I will. But I had two. Ep- I had two episodes on the podcast for that. If Did you? Knows. Oh, I have to listen. It's a trained professional um, because a lot of things can go wrong, and you have yeah. to be trained. And it's it's drugs, and it's illegal in America, except Portland just legalized it. Um, and there's a, a team at Hopkins with. Uh, e, uh, Yeah, I forgot the name of the institution that that is trying to legalize it because it's it's like hypnosis It's really strong. It allows you to remember things and there's different kinds of drugs depending on what you're trying to heal. So if you're trying to heal significant trauma like sexual abuse, like that uh, child sexual sexual abuse, a traumatic car accident, something really traumatic, big T trauma is what we call it. Then they give you sort of like ecstasies and other heavy drugs so that you relive it. Because again, it's like EMDR, it's about reliving it, but they inject you with oxytocin and dopamine and like positive hormones so that you can heal it with love. I have another episode of a sexual abused uh, woman who came in and talked about all of the psychedelics and how it's helping her. Uh, her she was sexually abused by her father. And how doing psychedelics help her build compassion and and see it and relive it with love. Hey. Understanding that he was also sexually molested by his father. And right, because it's the problem with psychedelics and with not. Doing any of this, including EMDR with an expert, is that you can get re traumatized and it's yeah. worse. And people go commit suicide, or you got to be ready and in good hands to feel all this pain again. Yeah.
0: So we're not going to recommend psychedelics to you just no. yet, um, but we are going to recommend <laughs> EMDR and cognitive <laughs> behavioral therapy and just regular therapy
1: at the very least. Karen, I how are you? Coaching because. Coaching builds awareness. Coaching helps you with your everyday feelings and behaviors. And if that's not working, I do EMDR um, and go (laughs) step the bravery path (laughs) with EMDR. Yeah. So if you are listening
0: and you are looking for not just a coach to help you with where you are now, but to help you take a look back karen would be your girl karen where can everybody find you if they want to get in touch with you
1: at uh, healing with karen on instagram and it's healing without the g or healing.net is my website michelle
0: obviously i will link all of this it was so nice to have you on here again so nice to see all the things that you're doing and how you're taking healing to the next level for everybody listening i hope you heal be in touch with any questions and we'll see you soon Imagine a place to get all of the resources you need and deserve while going through the divorce process from legal and mediation tips to expert co-parenting advice and heartbreak healing words of wisdom. Imagine a place that offered weekly words of wisdom and inspiration curated just for you by me to help motivate you and make you feel seen throughout the toughest days of your divorce journey. Imagine if that place also provided you with the opportunity to connect with other moms who are going through the exact same thing as you. That place exists, and it's called the Moms Moving On Membership Community. With two membership options, you are guaranteed to find your village and thrive in this next phase of your life. Visit my website, momsmovingon.com, and click on Become a Member to join our community now.